0: and people are fucking dying.
1: On. You're watching No Way Jose, you can find us on the No Way Jose YouTube channel, all the major audio podcatchers, and Rumble as well. Today my guest is Austin Picard, and we're getting into part two of our Jonestown series. I think we'll probably have at least another one, maybe another one, I don't know, whatever, we'll see what we get out of this. Uh, this, should be, this has been already super interesting. Uh, yeah, I do want to remind you guys how this works. I've actually, both of these right now are behind the paywall, just because of kind of how things worked with the, uh, live stream situation and stuff. Uh, but, you know, that's what you get. That's the benefit you get of being a patron. Uh, so that's at patron.com. Snowy so a 2020, the lowest levels where you get those early episodes. Uh, I put these out as a live stream to my patrons when I do it as well. So the patrons get the live stream if they want to pop in on those and they also just can watch it later whenever they want. Uh, also, usually try to throw in the MP3 later if I remember. I'm usually I'm pretty sloppy about that, but I do my best so that we have the audio and the video. But. Uh, now, the $5 level, too, I also have a monthly coffee giveaway from my sponsor, which I'll do a read for them later. Uh, and then I also do a read off my sponsors. I have, this is at my highest level, of the Patreon. Uh, this is Toad, uh, my co host on Tower Gang, at Tower Gang Toad. Then at, ta- uh, God, you said brain fart there. At Abergate D's. Then Kevin B. Clark, a full time guitarist and private music teacher in the New York area. Then at Z-O-V-E-R-A-C-K. Then at underscore infinite zeal. Then Jacob Daniel of the Biblical Anarchy podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Biblical Anarchy. Then Tim Tuttle at Jylan Klebold. He's the one who made that intro. I fucking love that one. That shit bops. Uh, and then also have Stinky for uh, Stinky Sock four twenty. He's a singer of the band Bander, Metalcore Band. Go check it out. Uh yeah, let's uh let's get Austin in here and get right to it. What's up, my friend? How you doing?
0: What's up, brother? I'm hey, good, man. Ready?
1: You ready to get into it? I'm ready. Whew, man, I'm uh, I'm all schizzoed up for you. I've had a crazy <laughs> week.
0: <laughs> Dude, I'm barely hanging on after my last episode. And then kind of running a crash course on on what and bx and you guys were, were reporting on so
1: yeah yeah isn't it, isn't it weird how past I mean, converge yeah <laughs> i haven't given my command. brain much for rest
0: <laughs> no doubt dude uh, oh,
1: yeah i mean some of the stuff you know i've had you uncovering i mean god all of it you're just like what is going on i mean it, for those people watching this if you haven't seen it Go check it out. Uh, I, I it's called like the double feature live stream because I, I had a two on there. I had a I did a foreign policy conversation with Dave DeCamp for the first hour, and then I had BX and uh, Ken Silva on to cover some really breaking stuff. It had only been out for like a couple days. I was the first show to really cover it to try to get it out there because it is huge stuff. We connected that Jade Parker J six story that we talked about. I talked about it with Ken and BX on separate episodes and it's kind of you know the story's developed more in a certain sense to where now there is this what looks like a cult that's associated with it called 764 i believe uh i mean we're still kind of figuring out some of the details but yeah it's basically a kitty like a a pedo a pedo satanic cult sort of i guess would be a way to put it i it's it's bizarre uh and yeah there've already been arrests and like it's a uh, wild tough. it's real developing news like it's it's weird it's weird that like just this little i mean i know i didn't i didn't necessarily break the story but like i've sort of kind of in a small way got myself embroiled in it and you're like i'm on the cutting edge of news <laughs> whoa <laughs> right
0: that's so funny man yeah this
1: is weird I, I i don't know i don't know if you have any thoughts on it i know we were schisming hard about it you know before we even started we started the stream like 15 minutes late uh but yeah i man, mean I, I don't really know if you, if you think know if, it's i mean I I don't just know if, maybe thinks- if you want to connect it to jones style or somehow i don't because there's so much to say on this story there's so much uh so much mm-hmm. going on but i mean i don't know if there's something i mean it'd be weird not to have you comment on it with the stuff that me and you have talked about
0: man i just yeah i saw a lot of pattern recognition that's all i'm gonna say and and (laughs) i mean clearly like there's got to be modern forms of these operations right Mm -hmm. yeah they they haven't stopped in the tiktok era
1: where everything's going to shit how does that present itself exactly Uh, man uh, Yeah, yep Uh,
0: yep so for me it's just you know just one more example just a, a more modern version but yeah. that's what it felt like to me because i mean come on that guy's parents are both contractors yeah. i mean that, that's yeah. that alone i just felt like what mass shooter does that not apply to at this point yeah. you know what i mean like it's very similar as far as the that. Uh, and by the way that even that uh, have you ever looked into uh the dark knight cinema shooter that that uh i can't remember the guy's name but his the guy, dad uh,
1: the yeah he i know he was uh i don't even think he was actually inspired by the dark knight thing that was just some shit the media ran with i believe yeah i think yeah, it was I honestly
0: just because that was what was playing in the theater was that it was a dark night showing, like a midnight showing, or yeah, something? And I think it was even, when I it was like remember. a
1: really hot movie. I don't know if it was like premiere night or yeah. something. So it yep. was just a big movie, and so exactly he I think knew he it was going to be packed. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, and and by the way, he seemed to be in in a trance, just waiting to be a- apprehended afterward. And and his dad is directly connected to the Libor scandal, which that's <laughs> kind of inside baseball a little bit, and it's pretty deep when you look into that. That entire scandal because it's pretty much yeah. rigging like international economics, right? I think if it, I
1: recall correctly, that one guy too uh, was it Holmes? Maybe Josh Holmes? Yeah, James Holmes. That sounds yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Like I, if I recall correctly, I believe he was the one who kind of was like, he was in college, but he was in like kind of like serious academia oh, yes. type stuff. Like I think he was a doctorate yeah. student and like some of the shit like he was like, I don't know if it was philosophy or what, but he, I remember it was weird metaphysical stuff that was kind of oh, yeah. dark. Yeah. Like, like, which it was weird. Like <laughs> I, I, I wish I could remember the specifics, but it was like l- really intellectualized like Fucked up shit, like you know, almost kinda, like no
0: programming type of stuff. Like it really was like not necessarily yeah. that direct, but it was similar, you know, yeah. like in that well, environment. He,
1: if I remember correctly, I want to say it was some sort of like nihilism that he would, but like not oh, yeah. nihil, not even like the type of nihilism. Because I would admit that I would consider myself a nihilist in some sort, depending on what you mean of it. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm the person that I don't. I mean, there might be some quote unquote ultimate meaning. But at the end of the day, I don't know what that meaning is. And like, so in a certain sense, it's non-existent. And, and for me, like, I just, I make my own meaning in life. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, my family, you know, whatever, whatever I choose to value, like that is my meaning in life. And that doesn't mean it's like a materialistic meaning. Like I, I, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm, I have, I feel like I have big values and it's just the idea that I need some big meaning to do that somewhere out there. Like, that's necessary. I mean, like, I don't don't know, like, sure, you might be right, that might, that objective thing might exist, but I don't know. So like, and there's a term for that, I forget, it is a type of nihilism. But there's also a type of nihilism, like, nothing is real. So we should Mm -hmm. all, you know, do awful things and you know, right. like, you know, like, get rid of ourselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so yeah. that was kind of the road that he's, I, if I recall correctly, I'm talking really out yeah. of ass, but that's, that's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I <laughs> know, I, sure it's it been a like long time,
0: yeah. <laughs> but yeah. because but, uh, I'm not familiar with a lot of the details because it's been so long, but I was just, yeah. I just remembered it kind of casually. I also, some point i'm gonna to have to do an episode on that because it is really interesting i remember there being a lot of different threads that you can tug on but yeah but that's typical with those yeah. events am i right <laughs> i think it was like
1: something like three four five years ago something like that i remember listening to like a few of his lectures or some shit and be like what the? oh my fuck? god because <laughs> it was like because i was really interested in philosophy and stuff at the time and uh-huh. like i just and like i wasn't like listening to be like oh this motherfucker's spitting i was just like jesus <laughs> christ like like i was like an intellectualized mk ultra like what uh-huh. the fuck? <laughs> exactly man yeah
0: and i mean you won't see that kid not entirely entirely sedated right like basically every single uh, time we've ever gotten to publicly see this guy I mean he's been fully sedated so it's yeah yeah I don't know there's a lot more there I think but anyway
1: yeah, but you have to you now yeah that, that reminded me so much I'm, I'm very much grasping at, like very old memories but right. I'm remembering like oh yeah that was really fucking weird that is a weird thing to see which I guess that sort of connects to, like the 9a stuff they had tried to they have some weird big grand ideology like I guess there always are these attempts to intellectualize these things which I guess in a sense that's sort of what a cult is you know like that's what we're talking yeah. about here today uh, yeah yeah <sighs>
0: Yeah. And the only real, like, like it did seem so in the vein of Aleister Crowley and, and it, at least as far as I was concerned with what it seemed like the ideology of accelerationism or whatever uh, yeah. uh, Ken was calling it. But yeah, cause it is just kind of order out of chaos or just to sow chaos just mm. principally. But anyway, I don't know. Ooh. Subversion of the Western society. Yeah, just another example. So, (laughs) but Uh, I figure, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, we might as well start, I guess. So So I thought right before we uh, start kind of where we left off, uh, there's one um, there's one quote from Victor Marchetti that I use to start my Jonestown episode that I think is almost entirely applicable, except for his kind of brief aside toward the end of it where he mentions that that the CIA uh basically initially had this global war against communism uh ide- you know ideologically I don't know how much I agree with that as if the institution was was ever really entirely opposed to communism because I mean you listen to um Yuri Bezmenov and the concept of ideological subversion I mean it seems like from Quite some time, for quite some time, it seems like they've tried to kind of subconsciously uh, roll out Marxist Leninist ideologies into the minds of of, uh, just generations of young people in America. And and, I
1: was getting at last episode where I was kind of saying like with uh jim jones like if they came yeah. kind of like oh we're to use use controlled up like he like right. maybe they maybe these people know or the, the their handlers know or, or their whoever's above these agents or whatever uh mm-hmm. but like that it's taken the poison pill which in a certain sense like i mean if you're like for anyone who's done any like studying of austrian economics or whatever like i'm sorry but the fucking like the uh like Essentially, federal agencies in general, like those, are fucking. That's socialism, which is yes. just soft <laughs> communism. Like that's exactly. really like all. Like everyone passes around that one clip of the one I forget his name. That like famous communist guy where he's like he's teasing us and he's like, you." These guys think so socialism's just like, uh, or that like any time the government does something that's socialism. And it's like, right? Yes. Yeah,
0: it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is like they're taking right. your money
1: they're distributing it to whatever they programs they yeah, exactly. see fit that's exactly what it is under communism like a full-blown exactly. communism they take your money and they fucking distribute it how they see fit like yeah i know exactly. you think you have some say in this process but you don't
0: no nope. <laughs> so. Yep. and and i mean the marxist long march through the institutions right i mean it was yeah. how how are, are we going to it's it's wielding soft power basically i mean yeah. he subvert the minds of the of the youth and therefore you derail generations right <laughs> into yeah. into where we are now which is we've all basically subconsciously embraced versions of marxism and and you know so it's it seems very communist to me but yeah yeah. <laughs> but i mean there's no way around it you know yeah, but i'm
1: sorry if the feds are commie fucks i don't know what to tell exactly you. yep <laughs> so and uh, are. You uh, if you're a commie then you sure whatever he's capitalist scum if that makes you get him right but, <laughs> exactly, <man. laughs> but so, i mean if you have a proper understanding of economics they're they're commie fucks <laughs> so exactly man
0: yeah. so yep and and uh you know, I mean, it's just we don't really have a pure version of capitalism at, at yeah. anywhere that I can see it as of right now. So, right. But yeah, anyway, uh, real quick. Tim
1: Tuttle, my buddy who makes my, makes a lot of these edits, uh, also one of my patrons, uh, James Holmes and Adam Lanza both hated, quote unquote, the rapists. Similar programming <laughs> for shootings next to each other. No, I remember when, I uh, I don't remember which series. I think I did two series. I think I did a Columbine and then another one that I can't say that if if I want this to go up on YouTube, uh-huh. uh, and uh, I, I think those 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 are the two series we did, and I want to say we brought that up in one of them, uh, probably the one considering the second person here, probably that series. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah we I need about to that. I remember that to... being similarities between the two is that they both made weirdly specific claims about hating the rapist and like the mind Yo. rapist. And oh, it was, man. Uh, yeah, so it's like, it was just a weird anomaly. I mean, hey. I don't know how much you can really, you can't really draw a strong line there, but it's right. enough to go, what the fuck's going on here?
0: <laughs> exactly. And by the way, uh, Tamerlan Sarnayev, uh, you know, from the Boston bombings, the older brother, um, He, I just this blew me away when I was researching this, that that he basically said that, right, that he had been um, uh, basically forcefully compromised. He admitted this to his mom. But at the very same time, he was saying they wouldn't leave him alone and that he couldn't account for all this loss in time. He was waking up and not remembering where he had been. And so it's like so much similar to the DID MK Ultra that this is exactly the playbook and it's what Sirhan Sirhan had experienced as well. And so what if they just needed Tamerlane to bring his brother and be in that place at that time because the backpack that they allegedly dropped... Yeah, it's not the same backpack that blew up. I'm sorry to say, it looks a lot more like the Kraft International backpack of of the mercenary contractors there. That, right? Who who? By <laughs> by the way, what's his name? Who who? The American sniper or whatever, Chris Kyle, had just died like a um, couple months before the Boston bombing, where his entire mercenary outfit is running security. Uh, mm. I guess. I mean, I you know so very weird but but i'll never forget that tamerlane said that that he said he was waking up not realizing and remembering how he had gotten there he was losing a track of like lost count of time like that's just so crazy to me mm-hmm. but that made a lot more sense and i was convinced after the connections between his uncle you know and and mm-hmm. yeah. oh my god i mean it's yeah, I mean, anyway i don't
1: know i don't know a single like f- like federal contractor like that you know like that right. the, these types of no. people yeah i mean like yeah. obviously i i know i was in the you a lot of people know i was active air force so i do know people who are like worked civilian like mechanic jobs or some shit right. but not like not not like the characters we're talking about no. <laughs> like there were civilian not. contractors doing some mechanical shit on an airplane like right like we're, we're talking about people that had shit that glows <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like yep. like what is going yep. on here yeah yeah
0: and he was like he was embedded with like a uh, man i forget the guy's name but he he was one of the neocons that that was like uh, had to uh, do with um uh, anyway i i just don't want to get off too far on this tangent but still yeah. but I my will point come being for is it.
1: i feel like the normal the most normal people don't yeah. know like a, a federal contractor
0: no like, yeah absolutely not no, <laughs> like, but like, they seem just, to all why be... is
1: it Yeah, every one of these yeah. stories, it's like, where the, f- how the fuck are all these like these federal contractors uh-huh. kind of close? And I get where people are like, well, you can't just connect all these things. We're like, okay, well, that's a lot though. Like, that's right. a
0: lot. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah, too <laughs> we much. We say
1: that's weird, at least. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. No, I've, I've honestly, I've given up on coincidences yeah. for the most part. You know, like, if the puzzle piece fits that perfect. It's hard for me to deny it. I will be, I'll remain skeptical. I will try and be objective. Yeah. But yeah, I just I mean,
1: I'm not going to run and go, it's, it, here's the proof. Like, but I will exactly, be like, man. hey guys, maybe we should look here. Right. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah. It's just
0: ridiculous that we're supposed yeah. to chalk it up to just some coincidence as is always yeah. expected. But yeah. anyway, so yeah. right, that Victor continue. Marchetti and, yeah. and that book that I had mentioned, uh, he had written a book this guy. And and it was called the CIA and the cult of intelligence. And it was the first book apparently that the U S federal government ever went to court to censor before its publication. And the CIA demanded the authors delete 339 passages, but they resisted. And in the end, only 168 passages were deleted, but still quite a bit. And, It was written in 1974 by former special assistant to the deputy director of the Central Intelligence Agency, Victor Marchetti, and co-authored by John D. Marks, who was a former officer of the U.S. State Department. And Victor Marchetti used the expression cult of intelligence to denounce what he viewed as a a counterproductive mindset, is what he said, and a culture of secrecy, elitism, amorality, and lawlessness within and surrounding the Central Intelligence a- Agency in the service of American imperialism. I love that just in general. That's a, a great ex- <laughs> cult of intelligence alone mm-hmm. as an expression. I just it's perfect. But yeah, makes sense. He's so he says in this book, there exists in our nation today a powerful and dangerous secret cult—the cult of intelligence. Its holy men are the clandestine professionals of the Central Intelligence Agency. Its patrons and protectors are the highest officials of the federal government. Its membership, extending far beyond governmental circles, reaches into the power centers of industry, commerce, finance, and labor. Its friends are many in the areas of important public influence, the academic world, and the communication media. The cult of intelligence is a secret fraternity of the American political aristocracy. The purpose of the cult is to further the foreign policies of the U.S. government by covert and usually illegal means. Traditionally, the cult's hope has been to foster a world order in which America would reign supreme, the unchallenged international leader. Today, however, that dream stands tarnished by time and frequent failures. Thus, the cult's objectives are now less grandiose, but no less disturbing. It seeks largely to advance America's self-appointed role as the dominant arbiter of social, economic, and political change in the awakening regions of Asia, Africa, and Latin America. And its worldwide war against communism has to some extent been reduced to a covert struggle to maintain a self-serving stability in the third world using whatever clandestine methods are available. I think most of that quote I really agree with, and I think it's mm-hmm. great. But yeah. a little bit toward the end, I th- I think, you know, agree to disagree. Yeah. But, but what,
1: what portions of this book were taken out? I, I forgot. I remember it was something specific that they were really focused on at the time. I
0: honestly, I'm not sure of the specific details as to what was oh, removed. All I know is as how much of it was removed, and okay. it was like 168 pages, and basically yeah, half, good. you know. But well half of what they had demanded be yeah. deleted by the authors so either I mean, way
1: pages i mean I'd yeah like i don't know like aberration the heartland of the real is probably what like 500 and that's a pretty yeah. like i feel like that's a pretty dense read uh, but Definitely. it's not like so i mean that sounds like you know depending on how dense this book is probably in the realm of like a quarter to a half of it like exactly so, And I mean, fucking wild.
0: (laughs) That's amazing, isn't it? And and beyond that, I mean, just Jonestown, Jonestown in general. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, there's apparently over five thousand documents, you know, entirely classified. I mean, there have been uh, journalists, legitimate investigators, who have filed FOIA requests, all rejected, right? And I mean, they're hiding something. Right, like so. That, that's the only way I can interpret that. Right. So, yeah. anyway, I don't know. We we ended um uh, part where, one right, though.
1: Right when we where we ended was uh right when they were going to Guyana. That's where yep. we're at. They're they're about to set up in Guyana. We kind of basically you know shot the shit, got to the America. Uh, you know, kind of covered the the going ons while they're in America, all his hobnobbing with celebrities. Uh, and then you know, kind of how he was treating his cult over here in the states. Uh, and you know, was already really fucking pretty crazy bad. And mm-hmm. now we're getting to Guyana where it's going to, you know, get a little get even crazier. I think we t- covered it a tiny bit, kind of the, the conditions of the time, but, but we, we, we were right at the point. Uh, I don't know if we were coming back to it, to where they're coming to Guyana. So.
0: Yep. Yeah. So I believe, so the first group of people's temple members arrived in the remote location in Guyana by December, 1974. And started operating the People's Temple Agricultural Project, that would soon become known as Jonestown. And the Temple established offices in Georgetown, the capital of Guyana. And and by the way, that was there was only like out of the one thousand one hundred members at Jonestown at the site, there were. I, I mean, we'll get into the body count at some point, but there were overall. They claimed, like, 918 bodies, but only 909 were at um, the actual site. And the additional bodies were at this location, at the Georgetown location, which was in the capital, and basically at the State Department, at least the embassy. So, um, and I had even uh, read that that uh, people landing in Guyana, like some people who were landing there, they... They, they they like changed their minds upon arriving right and they didn't want to stay <laughs> and so they were trying to immediately leave and uh and uh, I read like multiple stories where they were promptly tied up drugged and then taken to Jonestown right and so yeah, I think they not got the everyone.
1: Yeah, there was a vibe change. <laughs> exactly. And something was going on immediately. They were like, Oh, this is different. Cause right? I mean, I know this is kind of what we're building to, but it seems like this is when it becomes some sort of real, they really ramped mm-hmm. it up and made it try to almost go to a factory farm version of an uh, MK of an MK ultra lab of some sort oh, yeah. is what it kind of appears like it could be, uh, you know, or like an experiment, uh, cause I mean, exactly. we mentioned the last episode, but the, the medical facility they had set up there and they were, mm-hmm. as you as you said, they were being seen, every single one of them being seen every single day.
0: Every day.
1: Yeah, and, and so they're trying to market it as like how great socialism and communism is, like, you know, yeah. the the vibe I got, but it's like, oh, look, everyone has health care. You're like, okay, but your right. health care is they're literally fucking brainwashing you. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So, yeah. And when we establish the body count and everything, it seems like. Maybe 400 could have lined up and and drank uh, something, but then I there's all the reports claim that 700 fled into the jungle.
1: Yeah. Right. How long were they even in Guyana? Do you...
0: Man, honestly, it's like they were there for a couple years, establishing okay. some of it before okay. even Jim and the rest of them came down, which I yeah. thought was crazy, and so. Before Jim even arrived, right, Um, Mm. they had they apparently things were going fairly well before Jim arrived. And then things started to really ramp up and get a lot more radical and violent. But it all was what it all pretty much transpired. And Jim fled because of this terrible press he was receiving in San Francisco. And it had basically come out and said that uh, he was committing sexual assault that potentially murders were even, uh, linked back to the people's temple who, uh, uh, potential defectors, uh, anyway, we'll get into that as well, but, but it is important because you mentioned that medical facility like, man. And, and that I just said that potentially some of the people who arrived had been drugged and, and tied up bound and, and taken to Jonestown. I mean, they had not, a list of MK ultra drugs, Thorazine, morphine, sodium pentothal, Demerol, Valium, uh, chloral hydrate. Right. And so it, it was like it like, really
1: became cattle is what it sounds like. Yeah.
0: No, it like- seems like it was a concentration camp because there were multiple and you can read all these stories of people trying to flee and and even uh, an example where they didn't make it. They potentially died in the jungle, trying to flee to this train yard that was down south of Jonestown and because they basically couldn't get to uh, Georgetown, the capital because um, they would have to go to Port Kayuma and fly to Georgetown. so the only way that they could actually escape is by performing a runner they called it, and waiting for midnight even though they're waiting for n- a night uh, to do this, but it was impossible to do it at night through the jungle, so you had to stick to the roads right and they said that the Red Brigade which was uh, the members of Jim's armed guards uh, there at Jonestown they were you know 24 hours a day they were surveilling the entire complex right so I mean <laughs> g- good luck he would say like on some of the recordings if you want to leave you can leave but they knew they couldn't leave right and and uh, even had examples of how members had attempted to flee and then, never even made it and allegedly died in the jungle like i said and i think uh two people did inevitably escape from that train yard down south at one point but it really did seem like wow like this is like concentration camp conditions right like no not everyone wanted to be there (laughs) right and also
1: in those theoretical 400 that's like the max that's really feasible mm -hmm. like it could literally just be a I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, who knows if if they really wanted to or not, even at that point, or, or not necessarily want to. Uh, people. I guess my point of getting at it, say you were at like Auschwitz at its peak or whatever. Uh, you know how would how many people if you were like, hey, do you want an easy suicide out? I'll help you. Right. Like, how many yeah. people would would take that take that uh take that offer? It's yeah. kind of what I'm getting at. Like under those right. conditions, they're like fine, whatever, you know.
0: It's- Especially when you hear what they were subjected to, Uh, especially nearing the end, because they were he was waking them up these white nights. They're they're working 16 hours a day, man. I mean, and the hot guy on a sun, you know, like and and uh, and it was a lot worse than that. Even like uh, if you were caught like being lazy or something like that, they would put you on what what Jim called the learning brigade. And they would make you work double time and they would jog you between jobs. Right. I mean, damn. (laughs) Right. Like, But so to establish kind of like how because it's kind of insane that the official narrative is these people were clearly. Uh, you know, socialist communists uh, aligned with Marxist Leninist ideologies and desperately wanted to create this socialist utopia. And, uh and, and so they, they went to this, this foreign country, which allegedly seemed to, uh right, uh, be, uh, have a favorable pos- position toward socialism and communism. And, and so that's the narrative, right? That, that was the reason that they chose Guyana, but in reality, that that's not, according to my research, that's not the reason, right? So, the temple established offices in Georgetown, like I said, the capital, and conducted numerous meetings with the prime minister Forbes Burnham. This is a huge factor, I think, because I believe that the Burnham government in Guyana was basically a stooge government for the State Department and the CIA, and and they were perfectly okay with uh, with accepting payoffs in order to allow this to happen with no real oversight. That was basically what seemed to take place. And so in 1976, Temple member Michael Prokes requested that Guyana's Prime Minister Forbes Burnham receive Jones as a foreign dignitary, along with other high-ranking U.S. officials. Jones traveled to Guyana with California Lieutenant Governor, Mervyn Dimily to meet with Burnham and Foreign Affairs Minister, Fred Willis. So these are these are top ranking officials in the United States government, traveling with Jim Jones, to meet with a foreign prime minister, <laughs> to arrange the travel and, and the land uh, for Jonestown, which is, and you find out who leased the, the land, It's it just so happens to be a CIA operative by the name of George Philip Blakey, which William Holsinger gets into the aid of Congressman Leo Ryan later. And uh, yeah, so there we go. We already have a CIA connection just to leasing of the land. Right. Yeah. So um, beyond those high ranking U.S. officials arranging this meeting with Jim and the Burnham government, specifically Burnham himself in that meeting, dimly agreed to pass on the message to the u.s state department that socialist guyana wanted to keep an open door to cooperation with the united states later burnham stated that guyana allowed the temple to operate in the manner it did on the references of walter mondale rosalind carter (laughs) the first lady man (laughs) i mean oh my god right like and and San Francisco Mayor George Moscone, it wasn't Moscone, I can't remember. Like I, I never gotten a legit pronunciation on his last name, but I, feel like I don't heard know.
1: Moscone before, but I've I heard
0: Moscone know. a lot, so I'm gonna just I, go with that and, and assume yeah. that's it. But um, but that, and so the burn the Bur- Burnham also said this by the way. He said that when Deputy Prime Minister Ptolemy Reed traveled to Washington D.C. This is the Guyanese Deputy Prime Minister. He traveled to D.C. in September 1977 to sign the Panama Canal Treaties. And allegedly, Mondale asked him, how's Jim? (laughs) Which indicated to Reed that Mondale had a personal interest in Jones' (laughs) well-being. Like, man. it Just... Them arranging their travel there. (laughs) It's almost a smoking gun alone. It's like absolutely ridiculous. But
1: it's weird that he it makes me surmise there's something even darker going on than just the the base level MK Ultra. The fact that he has all these elites, which I think, you know, I don't necessarily spell it out for my audience, but in light of being in the era of Epstein and you know that kind of you know the stuff we've been really about forever kind of you know becoming part of the collective consciousness it's kind of like these elites have certain tastes like these yeah. people who get to you know not all of them i'm sure they're you know people who aren't evil you know you know blood sucking monsters uh, at the at the tippy tops of you know industry uh, or all different spheres of the, the of whatever but you know i mean there are a lot of those among those uh, those, <laughs> right. those 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 that's overrepresented right <laughs> yeah, they're, they're overrepresented in that area yeah so exactly. you know and and these are people of means uh so you know i mean if they i i'm of the feeling that a lot of these crazy things in the past or different ops a lot of times might also have you know secondary things going on you know yeah. so it's because it's like say there was darker shit going on like stuff like that it's like you know, it's undercover of some sort of, you know, let's say theoretically, a CIA operation of some sort. And that way, if it ever did get busted, it's like, oh no, that was some crazy MK Ultra op. It's like, okay, but what else was going on? But it was just exactly. a, nope, just an MK Ultra op. Nope, mm-hmm. just that. So and,
0: and they say like there's a lot of different people who believe that the Jonestown site in general mm-hmm. was already established long before Jonestown. And that it was a known training ground for Angolan rebels, right? Mm-hmm. During this, this uh, Angolan uprising and, and, uh, and that um, uh, George Philip Blakey, who arranged the lease in the land for Guyana, uh, allegedly for the People's Temple, that <laughs> he had trained some of these Angolan rebels while working for the CIA front company, Unitas, right? Which I just thought was, you know, why wouldn't that be the case, right? Especially when all this, there's just so many different things I've read about how that was, what that site was used for, was a training grounds for these Angolan rebels. So, and it's right there on the border of Venezuela, if I remember correctly. And, and so it's, it's just like, it's very strategic location as well. And the land itself has like, uh, you know, these um, um, valuable mines and different... The, I forget the resources that are there, but it's like, you know, they're valuable resources, right? And there's a reason that they would only lease the land and they wouldn't actually let in, um, them purchase it, right? Mm-hmm. As well as the fact that it was a strategic area for the government in general. So that alone is, is strange. But another well-established fact... Is that the members of Jonestown, which had all renounced their U.S. citizenship, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they continued to receive sixty five thousand dollars in monthly welfare checks from the U.S. government while they're in Jonestown.
1: Sixty five thousand dollars, like <laughs> a per month.
0: Year? Oh, well, a months? month.
1: Wait, is this each individual person here? No, 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 no. Who?
0: In totality. Oh, right okay gotcha, town gotcha. right so, so out of yes. like the one thousand one hundred people there okay
1: i'm like what <laughs> yeah yeah uh, no I yeah like, i thought you were saying these guys individually were getting 65 000 a no. year of welfare i'm like what <laughs> the fuck <laughs> that so I, I, I got, that's insanity but like even even just the sixty five that is enough to like if you're taking all their belongings and you have right. access to all their stuff uh right. i mean this is what the 70s 80s uh, oh 78s when the actual massacre yeah. happened so it's yeah. like I don't know what the method was back there of transferring money, but either Mm -hmm. way, they, I'm sure they had it locked down on these individuals. So yeah, you kind of almost a self-sustaining human farm. (laughs) Yeah. And he was
0: holding all their passports. I mean, he held everyone's passports, um, like in safes, man. Like, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, and uh, I guess he had many of them sign over power of attorney to him, sign their properties over to him. They had even, um, uh he basically had gotten a lot of them to just sign a piece of paper just put their signature and that he could fill out whatever later and i mean it's just wow man like the the amount of power he had over a lot of these people is just extraordinary man yeah and um and so beyond this lucrative welfare check business he had going on <laughs> with all these people um when the checks arrived they were all confiscated by jim of course and and people's temple staff and and placed into the temple's general fund is the claim Mm -hmm. and so this is when like a lot of reports started surfacing from people who had defected the the few people who did escape they they got back somehow and they, they started writing stories and, and contacting journalists and even tried to form an organization, which is what that uh, concerned relatives group was. And um, and they even had like a private investigator they tried to send down to Jonestown and like um, and he ended up potentially being compromised later on. He he had gone down there multiple times. And then, yeah, it turned out he wasn't necessarily uh, uh um, Uh, conducting himself right honestly and so it was just Mm -hmm. uh yeah that was very strange as well but i just thought it was crazy because the guyanese government were they were helping jim so much throughout this Mm -hmm. time like he, he like i said he held everyone's passports and guyanese officials they were instrumental in refusing entry to most anyone jones didn't want in the country right like a lot of the members of the concerned relatives group and um so, yeah, it was strange, man. It was very strange. And, and yeah. so the psychological conditions, though, at Jonestown, they were grim. And members were made to work 16 hours a day, like I said. And Jim was known for putting them all through these loyalty tests using many different MK ultra style techniques to discipline the people's simple flock. Yeah, I think and we would,
1: covered uh, the, a lot of this in the last one. Unless, unless you, you well, unless I you, have you, something extra to, okay. to add all right, right here yeah. <laughs>
0: because he would play his own voice over the loudspeakers all throughout the camp, like 24 hours a day, all okay. day, every day. They could not get away from his voice. I just imagined of that. God. Yes, God. Yeah. that's exactly. And you hear the death tape. And you should hear when Christine Miller has the audacity to question Jim and say she just believes that we should all be able to 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 choose our own, uh, you know, um, uh, choose our own deaths individually. And right. And she's trying to make this hopefully try and uh, make an excuse for her to not participate in this death ritual, which they had all been allegedly uh, practicing he had all these white nights he was waking them up they were apparently doing mock trials of this alleged uh you know revolutionary suicide it was a revolutionary act it's not suicide jim says mm-hmm. but when you hear christine like they were asking the question they were right? practicing
1: the play never knowing when the real one was going to exactly. happen.
0: exactly so that's why they say he had the the babies drink at first was because they expected it to be another practice attempt. And that when the baby started dying, that a lot of people realized this shit was real this time. Yeah, Right? And that you had people reacting at that. Right? And that things got very dark. And you hear some of the individuals, like some of the Green Berets that were allegedly there. Yeah. The yeah. story well, is much different.
1: I mean, yeah. No, I mean, with that in mind, it is really like he's he's setting he's setting the stage for a you know staged event
0: mm-hmm. yep. you know
1: because this is you know because we do have the videos or whatever so that way when it comes out later it looks authentic
0: right dude exactly
1: so, because you know as we're getting out with that like 400 number of like I mean it, now you add into it the mind fuck of you don't know if it's real this time like even with the exactly. babies dropping dead you could be like, and I don't know what was going on in the previous runs, if the people who refused were getting the shit kicked out of them or something or, right. or whatever. But either way, you were re- negatively reinforcing disobedience. So right. that way, at some point, they just do it. And now you have the perception of they actually consented to this. Exactly. And when they, in reality, sort of didn't. They had been coerced over and over again into this situation and to the point where they realized that, hey, if I don't do this... You know, there the coercion will happen. You know, right? So, and this yeah. is
0: why, and like, really consider, like, dude, this isn't like the era of podcasts. Okay, this yeah. like this motherfucker is recording everything at all times, mm-hmm. almost like it was a project. You know what I mean? It's like that's really kind of how it yeah. feels. I'm not saying it even that as a
1: code name. <laughs> <laughs> <As possible. laughs> With that, I, I need to get to my ad read uh this Go is ahead, dark man. stuff uh if you like dark stuff check, get to check out <laughs> the electric boogaloo blend uh i've been drinking that i didn't drink it this time i did my last live stream this earlier i'm getting old now i can't really have coffee late in the day I'll, I'll, <laughs> it keeps me up now i'm getting old i used to be able to have it an hour before and then you know go right to sleep, but yeah, this is a uh, this Fox and Sons coffee, guys. It really is good stuff. I uh, I I've been someone that uh, normally just puts cream in mine uh, because I just kind of usually get run the mill coffee, but I have this and I'm just drinking it black because it's delicious. It's really good stuff, and that's a dark roast. So like it's 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 not it's not that it's not str- strong and dark. It is. It's just it's also delicious. Get that stuff uh it's good stuff uh he isn't just an advertiser he supports people who do do stuff like this you know spit that liberty stuff share where the state's been fucking you uh he started out of his love for coffee also a way to honor times he had with his dad and also to pass that on to his kids teach the entrepreneurial spirit that his dad taught him the beans are high quality stuff uh they're fresh sourced from small trade family farms organic fair trade small batch roasted uh, the order ship fast. They're now through the end of February. You get free on anything under thirty-seven ninety-nine. Uh, this is in the continental U.S. Use code Jose uh, at checkout to receive fifteen percent off. Uh, yours are thirty or more, or is it thirty in if www.foxandsons.com. And with that, let's get back to it. What's up, bud?
0: Where do you want to yes. pick up? <laughs> well, I was just thinking that this this uh, that's also the reason that you have all these theories that. Jim, that basically that all that the death tape and the other recordings were just previous white night practice trials, practice runs, and that it potentially didn't even happen that way. And that it was a mass execution style scenario, right, that it was Mm -hmm. a cleanup job and that basically they were overexposed because Congressman Leo Ryan and the concerned relatives had... Taken, not taken, no for an answer, uh, clearly because Congressman Leo Ryan had been probing this for quite some time, and he was under the impression he was fully convinced that MK Ultra went underground and that People's Temple was was a part of that, and so, um, but I did find that interesting that people have that theory, and after I was doing my own research, I. At the very least, it's not I can't entirely dismiss that is all I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. And it would make it a lot easier for me to listen to the death tape <laughs> because I for sure am I'm imagining those those children in the last 16 minutes actually dying because it sounds like they're going through some legit pain. So I don't know yeah. what was happening to the children. But um anyway who knows but i'll tell you cyanide doesn't seem to be present in many of the bodies but we'll have to tackle that later but um so besides the the 24 hours a day of jim jones over the loudspeakers all throughout the camp um he was known for imprisoning some of them in what a guyanese police official referred to as a torture hole or in other words a six by four by three foot plywood box. And they would also administer harsh beatings, you know, like to the children as well. And that's why even there was a, there was a couple that had defected because of that, because their, their young daughter had been beaten in front of the whole people's temple, like over 50 times or something. It was like uh, a lot. Right. And so that was, that, inevitably made them decide to leave. But you'll also be surprised how many defectors left their children there. I mean, it just blow your mind, man. And that's why Tim Stone, who uh, later on, he, even though he signed over paternity to Jim, of his own son, who his wife was having an affair with and, and all of this, he still, after defecting, realized his son is... <laughs> Is still in Jonestown under these circumstances in this environment, and he he basically was like giving my son back, and and filed these custody battle lawsuits in the U.S. and but then there was a, another ruling in the the courts in Guyana that claimed that no, sorry, this is this is Jim Jones' son, so you you have no legal rights here. Like yeah, so and Tim Stone had attempted to go and get his son. Uh, at, at one point, which is a huge reason why uh, Congressman Leo Ryan also went was because of that custody battle. But anyway, so <laughs> this freaking torture box, which was, yeah. you know, pretty much a hot box as well. Right. And, and so these harsh beatings, even the children, of course, and and uh, he would make he would even force the children to spend the night at the bottom of a well oftentimes suspended upside down. I mean, that's torture, right? Like that's torture technique, but it
1: doesn't really sound. It's kind of doesn't really sound a whole lot like a consensual cult to me. Absolutely not. I I don't know if it's really, oh, mass suicide, these crazies. I don't know if it's that simple. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's so remote. Like I said, like, it was so it was basically impossible for people to escape. Right. Yeah. And and uh, you even hear if you listen to the death tape, you hear Christine Miller say that she references a group of people who had fled and never returned, but they were sure they had died in the jungle. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, man. So but and like I said, if you were caught not pulling your weight or accused of laziness or working too slow, he, he would place, you know, he would place you on the learning brigade and uh, and and all of that, but Jim would also use some of the women. This is crazy because this to me, again, you remember, I, I, I kind of compared him to Manson in in part one. And by the way, he even like, he was known for changing um, a lot of the members names, right. And even to the same name, right. And it was so like, he would, he would say like uh, just some, he would say, Sharon, and like seven women would all come answer to that, right? I just found that very interesting, right? Because it is kind of like a destroy your identity, right? Mm. Uh, in, in a way. And, but this fit perfectly, because <clears throat> based on what Paula Adams said, who was a pimples, uh, people's temple member, uh, Jim would use some of the women in, in the group in honeypot operations. Right. And so Paula Adams was a longtime Temple member who claims that she was forced to be involved in a romantic relationship with Lawrence Mann, who was Guyana's ambassador to the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, man? And Dude, Jones man. even bragged about other Temple members he referred to as public relations women.
1: Dude, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I Fuck. I mean, you think it through and it's like if this is some sort of op and like, you know, it is in the middle of nowhere you know, if it's obviously going to have that political connections to where it's kind of like, Hey, this is going on over here, you know, mm-hmm. obviously they're, they're killing everyone who tries to get away. So it's like, what, you're going to have a handful of people with some, you know, crazy stories told from their point of view. And, you know, I mean, heck, like we'll get into Leo Ryan probably, oh, I guess man. in the next episode at this point. Uh, and, uh, I mean, but- I got- so like that, I mean, that, that he get you know, spoiler alert, he dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, you know, they're, you know, every, every, every strings being cut, you know, or every, you know, it seems like the, the eyes are dotted, the T's are crossed. Like they have all these videos and all this stuff and whose hands does this fall into? You know, wh- who got the Epstein tapes? <laughs> Do we have those? Okay. Right. But we got tapes and, 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 you know, all sorts of different stuff from this. But who, who decided what came right. out? Yeah. I mean, exactly. And we just told you the component of him almost like they're rehearsing this event over and over again. So, and you even brought up that like they had essentially multiple takes to pick from. So, because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, but I mean, it sounds like it was probably the actual one. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah but does, still, but... either way, like they. You know, it was ready. I mean, some people just straight up sh- shouted up probably and were like, oops. Oh, wait, this is real.
0: Oh, man. They were shouting down Christine Miller. They were like, uh, I mean, I couldn't believe how angry they were. You know, specifically one man and this one lady who was they were so angry at Christine Miller for even questioning Jim during this that they're like, God damn it, Christine. Shut the fuck up. I mean, they're really like that. I couldn't believe they were speaking like that, right? Like, you know, but, and during this whole death tape, that same guy that I just mentioned who was shouting down Christine, they like, they all refer to Jim not as father, as dad. Mm -hmm. They call him dad right and 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 the guy himself he took the mic and he's like uh trying to force everyone to recall how their their natural born parents or you know their natural parents were uh in comparison to jim were nothing thank god we have dad like it was so strange right like a grown-up remember
1: that that's bringing up i'm recalling i can't remember the specifics but I'm, I'm almost certain that there were i don't know if there were studies by jolly west or what but that or what but i remember seeing some sort of oh. studies or something along those oh, lines yes. into that exact exactly concept what you're dr yeah. ewan
0: cameron uh, the, in the montreal uh, experiments for mk ultra so he had successfully uh uh learned first of all he had successfully broken down there was this one woman i remember specifically who he broke down her entire adult personality to where she had to uh, recreate an adult personality over years. Uh, uh, And basically uh, what he had achieved was interrogators in the Montreal experiments under Dr. Ewan Cameron's uh, MKUltra work, they had achieved the ability to to, uh, convince their their victims or their patients um, that... They're inter- the interrogators were their parents.
1: Yep. And I mean, like, wow, and it sounds silly, but that's deep psychological stuff, right there. Because, like, and I that's mean, that's all parents proven. is probably yeah. one of the most, like, I, I don't know, that's a distinct relationship that, like, is you know, I mean, hell, been formed depending on whether you believe in God or evolution or whoever, been formed over a very long period of time. It's you know, something from God the special connection, or you can say, you know, millions of years of evolution, you know, created special connections between parents and children. It's like there's something fucking something to that, you know, right? Uh, the, the idea because I mean, we all trust, uh, I mean, or not all. But like they're, you know, I mean, obviously some people have bad relationships with their parents. It's supposed that, to be that, the dynamic. <laughs> it's supposed to be. I mean, generally speaking, if you had a g- good upbringing, you generally yeah. trust your, your parents. Like, yeah. You know, they're like, yeah, you may have disagreements, but at the end of the day, like they're the people that you know you're like, they want the best for you. Exactly. Like, so they, they like, should
0: mean yeah. well and have your yeah. best interests at heart. Like my kids so, me are being an
1: extension of me. Like, you know, right. It's like,
0: like, exactly <laughs> that. So imagine tapping into that psychologically. Yeah. Yes. We, my God, brother, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> talk about control. Right. I mean, talk about manipulation. I mean, my And then beyond that, uh, there's there's um, quotes of Jim saying, well, one, he he did 100 cl- percent say that if we keep them hungry, which uh, all of them were basically starving at Jonestown and they didn't have anything to really eat except like rice and like, it was bad, man. And, and uh he said that they won't fight back if we keep them starving and they can't run if we keep them tired. And I just thought, wow, that's a strange quote. Yep. And then beyond that, he had said, you want me to be your God? I'm your God. Or you want me to be your savior? I'm your savior. You want me to be your father? I'm your father. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, Imagine being raped by God or your dad, right? It's yeah. like, that was basically, that had happened. I mean, he he was raping men in the group, yeah. m- women oh. uh, allegedly abusing some of the children. I mean.
1: Did you ever watch, or, or did you watch any of the anime or read the manga of Berserk or, or, or know the plot?
0: No, I don't know. Oh
1: my God. For Berserk fans out there, there is like, I don't know how to explain it. That's a deep level, but there is literally like a character that like ascends to like Godhood. And he has to take like almost this Faustian deal and like destroy everyone he loves and like destroys like a whole band of his friends and like, you know, really close friends and like people who work for him. It's called Berserk. Yeah. It's actually really, really good. It's probably one of the best mangas or animes or whatever in the world. I'm going to check it Uh, out, man. You know, but they made a few videos They never finished the full storyline, but it's it's amazing. But anyway, there's one guy who gets out, but like in him and his, like the girl he loves get out. uh, And uh, you know, but essentially, he—it's like essentially demons descend and like tear apart all of them. It's like this crazy event that happens, and beca- wow. all because their friend betrayed him with this Faustian deal, and they get away. But like his loved one literally gets raped by the the main character, like the the character wow. that created the Faustian deal. Like that was part of like him immersing himself in evil.
0: Oh my god,
1: evil, and uh, you know as like this deified character, and he rapes her, and her mind is broken. And I just felt like that was such a good like and she's just shattered for like and that's like a big part of the thing it's you know obviously the main character guts and his like you know quest for revenge and like becoming almost a a monster in himself in like pursuit of the you know god or demon or whatever you want to see this Mm -hmm. character as and her you know you know also having to deal with her being completely destroyed and shattered and her like psyche destroyed i mean they both got destroyed in a certain way it's kind of the the moral of the story but she got destroyed in a way where it's like that mk ultra did thing like got, got more doubled down like i'm gonna fuck that reminds you. me of
0: <laughs> uh, too that reminds me of kathy o'Brien I, I, do, you, do you have you read about her at all she yeah. um so she she claims to be a, a victim of project monarch and that basically <laughs> that she grew up i believe it was in boston or maybe it was only that her father had literally gone and trained under the Cardinals and the Catholic clergy or whatever, uh, trained on these MK ultra techniques Mm -hmm. on how to abuse a small child like his daughter, who he allegedly abused when she was five years old, raping her with a a blindfold on. So she couldn't see his like facial expressions, which was apparently a part of the techniques of the di of, uh, of basically implementing DID in a subject. Mm -hmm dude and her so she basically spent the rest of her life trying to to conquer this dissociative disorder that she has and, and it's yeah. just like the saddest story of all time but i'm just saying that that is exactly who i just thought of yeah, when it's you fucked you up as it is story. like and you brought the yeah.
1: kids thing like you know and we were talking about the father dynamic the savior dynamic god dynamic with the kids like this is why i mean this is dark shit but it's like i feel like we see so many and a lot of stuff there's a lot of stuff with kids whether it be mcmartin or yeah. epstein or whatever Ouch. and it's like i mean if you want to apply an mk ultra thing to it they are prime mk ultra victims yes because like, they you know did you hear
0: paul like, bonacci on that clip in my latest podcast did I, I, you get I don't to that remember point? specific i listened to okay. the whole
1: thing it was really good i only listened it one time through so i and it's always, well, I'm doing our stuff. Yeah. It's a little, there's so many there. details. But yeah, there was a lot in that. You throw a lot. Of stuff yeah. in
0: <laughs> I was just saying like when Paul's sitting there and he's explaining to this lady that she's just like doing her job. She clearly is. I don't know how you couldn't be emotionally affected by the, that, but I guess you're just so exposed or overexposed to it. Who knows what happens, but just hearing his, explanation like he just sounded like a hollow robot when he was explaining monarch right and that basically michael aquino was the project operator or something which to me is an insane claim i mean wow that's pretty extraordinary
1: dude aquino the the dude from that 09a thing uh i yeah. forget the name i think it was myatt or wyatt or something is the one of the main guys now uh, apparently he was pen pals with Aquino. I thought that was Stop. Yeah. Dude, what the <laughs> hell, man? Oh my god. <laughs> you just
0: you look at Presidio, but you hear what what Benacci says. He says that one, I mean there's a direct connection that that Michael Aquino was going to that that um um uh, uh I believe it was a temple that was in Omaha, Nebraska, that was directly connected to the Franklin scandal, where they they were procuring the children from Boys Town through Lawrence E. King and the and the Franklin Credit Union, and and so the fact that we have Michael Aquino, who's involved, clearly involved at Presidio, in my opinion, I mean Mikey and Shambi are Michael and Lilith Aquino, and and they clearly seem to have raped that three year old girl, you know, but. And, and it also, they seem to be, uh, uh, you know, gender role reversals during that abuse, which I, th- I thought was such a weird detail. Once like, again, a,
1: a sensitive paradigm to humanity. Like, yeah. you know, we, we talk about the dynamic, the dynamic between you and your, you, you know, what you are, like,
0: right, right. like
1: that is, th- these are like things in, I, I don't know, I mean, I'm not saying that like the entire trans agenda, but I think there's a component there. I mean, don't be yeah. wrong. I'm sure there's probably some sort of organic ways in which that's presented, but I think also mm-hmm. trying to, uh, you know, create an androgynous society and, you know, right. uh, has its effects. I think, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <If> you <laughs> no. get with you, you believe in God or you believe in evolution. It's like, I mean, we, we were evolved to develop certain traits that are more masculine or feminine based on our, uh, whatever chromosomes we have on that specific chromosome right. so you know it's like I, I don't know i mean that i think that has effects and that, that ties into kind of who we are as a person and if you're in a spot where you don't even know what you are as a person right. i mean i don't know i think it leaves you right for manipulation exactly uh, yeah
0: yep. yeah yeah clearly then, uh, no
1: yeah i, I just uh, and, and yeah sure there's probably some organic people that could happen or completely yeah. organically too in a i normal didn't world.
0: uh Right. But I, I didn't put this in my pod about my most recent one, but you know, Presidio ends with two cases of arson <laughs> that burned down that daycare center on the basement and burned down the, the files for the daycare center as well. And that was the second arson, which did the job. But to me, my god man you listen to that mp that military policeman that was on the base that was a year before the Kino case and everything popped off and and like 60 children right mm. apparently conspired and all made it up together and you which is ridiculous you know yeah. when you actually you know see the the medical evidence right that that's laying out or laid out as far as the only people that I mean, we get to really hear much evidence, uh, evidentiary claims from went to a a third party, an outside medical, uh, you know, um, physician to to uh, uh, diagnose their child and or examine their child. And those are the only ones who seem to be honest because the the, uh, medical examinations done on the on the military base were just a huge cover up. Is mm-hmm. is what clearly seemed to take place, and then after the arson happened, I mean, they had nothing to go on anymore, other than hearsay. They claim, which was what you? How are we going to use this three-year-old child as a as a, a key witness, right? Yeah. And so, no jury's going to believe them, and and that's how they pretty much helped, uh, brought, you know, sweep that under. But I, I just found it just so. Just so crazy, man. I mean, like, Albanowski, that MP, says, we have a satanic cult on the grounds of the Presidio, and nobody cares about it. Yeah. And they took him off the case and sent him away from Presidio. You know? Said, mm-hmm. don't look into it anymore. That's what they told him, man. Forget about it. I mean, anyway, those, that daycare hysteria, dude, yeah. satanic panic was bullshit. That all... Yeah. Seem to happen. I mean, my well, God, man. I, I
1: do vaguely recall there were other circumstances that did kind of turn out to be bunk. But yeah, no, I mean, that, not that, saying there. Yes. Yeah. So that yeah. that's where it became this thing where you were able to conflate know, it. Yeah. Yeah, conflate the two. So. Right. But anyways, uh, is there? I mean, we're we're getting near the end. Uh, is, I know we kind of want to finish just before we got into Leo Ryan. Is there anything you want to talk about before we got into Leo Ryan that'll kind of lead us? No, into we're into basically at the that. Event
0: we're at that transitionary point so i think we're good honestly
1: yeah that's perfect so with that you want to tell people where they can find you again uh sure brother you know i highly recommend all your stuff uh latest episode was dark as shit uh but (laughs) it was it was informative and i think you laid it out really well
0: thank you man jose as always dude i appreciate the hell out of you honestly i really do and and be I do man seriously you promote my show more than I do (laughs) it's like no I honestly I can't tell you how much I appreciate you man seriously but beyond that uh, my podcast is called the underclass podcast Uh, it's on basically all at audio streaming platforms Um, and beyond that you can follow me on um, Twitter at underclass pod Instagram at the underclass podcast
1: awesome Uh, guys yeah if you guys want to get this stuff early uh, you know, like I said, these two right now, the, when this is being recorded, these two are both in the paywall, just because of how this worked out. So you, you'd have already been damn near the end of the series. Uh, but yeah, uh, patreon.com no jose 2020 if you want to support me with that, you know, help me out with, you know, stuff that I try to do occasionally, makes it so I can invest more time and energy into this. Uh, but yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at TowerGangJose, uh, like, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. I me, mean, if you don't want to give me money and you do enjoy the show, I don't know, try sharing around or something. Try to help me out. You know, try to support the things you like. Same with Austin. Uh, promote it when he won't. So, <laughs> yeah. I
0: try, man. I swear.
1: I know. I get it. It gets <laughs> like, I feel like such a homo being like, check out my episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But no, great times. Uh, I always enjoy. Well, I mean, it's dark topics, but we still somehow manage to not lose our minds and I don't know, somehow make it fun. But uh, with that, <laughs> we're out of here.